Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks, and you're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with Tim and Lee. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Yes, welcome in to the Full 10 Yards Podcast 1-0. Thank you so much for joining us. It's Tuesday the 12th of February. Uh, we are more than one, now one week removed from the Super Bowl and my God, it feels like a long time ago. But a couple of good things on the podcast come up today. We're going to look at, be looking at head coaches. We're going to be looking at a bit of AFF chat and of course it's Tuesday. So that means the Full 10 questions. And of course, Lee is alongside me to break it all down for us and no doubt have lots of opinions. But Lee, obviously it's been a little while since we, you know, we're down to, to one a week now. So it's been a long time since we last spoke. And what, what, have, you, what have you been up to in, in your, week, uh, your week since? I'm missing you, I guess. Uh, no, I'm only joking. Hey, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, I've got a bit, bit of news actually. So I've got, um, got a new job uh, this, this uh, past week. I uh, handed my notice at my new, well, my old place, sorry, on Monday. Mm. Um, which would mean... I'm going to be working close to home as well because I don't know. Uh, this has been mentioned previously, but I'm living down on the south coast in Brighton, but I actually work in London at the moment. Obviously, spend a lot of time on trains and stuff like that. Which you know, for the purposes of like you know writing notes and looking up stuff for this podcast, it's quite convenient. But uh, you know, for generally you know everything else in life, if it's not the most convenient, uh, you know, spend quite a lot of time on trains. So yeah, I got a new job uh, just down the road for me. So yeah, it's quite quite nice. So quite looking forward to that in a, in a month or so. Um, and then last night, another thing I did, which I, which I recommend to everyone, I was recommending to you just before we came on, uh, last night I donated some blood. Um, um, and yeah, you know, it's even, you know, something that you can do for free, it doesn't cost a lot of you know, time or money, um, and it helps people out. Obviously everyone's seen on the news, like there's been a big accident or someone's ill or something like that, or, you know, a friend or family member, um, you know, it helps people in that sense as well. So yeah, I find it really rewarding, and, and you know, if any listeners want to, Want to do it? You know, just go to blood uh, blood dot co uk and uh, and just sign up. Hmm. You're telling me as well. Off, off, you you're telling me. You're telling me before <laughs> the podcast that you get. Well, Meredith, your your partner was saying that you get you get a biscuit at the end. What what biscuit did you go for? Uh, uh, yeah, I think it what was it last night. It was custard creams last night. It was on offer that I went for. Custard creams. Uh, they have a big selection though. So I was saying that yeah, we could have done like a little biscuit mock draft. Um, custard creams are right up there for me. To be fair, yeah, top five. Top five talent right there. What's your what's your what's your number one overall pick in the in the biscuit draft? Uh it's got to be like a, a dark chocolate digestive. Oh no, dark chocolate. Dark, dark chocolate. Get out of here. Shouldn't yeah. For me, no. for me, for me, it's a no-brainer. It's a Jamie Dodger all day long. That's fair enough. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a yeah. solid. Uh, you know, one one's been around for a while. Yeah, love a, love a Jamie Dodger myself. Um, yeah, maybe uh, anyone anyone out there, maybe uh, give us your number one overall pick in the biscuit draft. Um, Jamie, Dod- <laughs> Jamie Dodger has been taken and uh, and custard cream as well. But yeah, and a dark, dark chocolate digestive is also out of the question. But um, any any biscuit drafts out there, get, send them our way at full 10 yards. And obviously that, that is where you can find our current competition uh, where you can win a lot, a lot of swag. Um, from yeah. it's uh, quite a comp- competition we're going over I think we've got over 300 retweets there uh, in collaboration with at Claire De Bear 85 head over to her pin tweet she's currently it's, it finishes in 10 days time but if, you, if you're a fan Lee you're a fan of Peyton Manning aren't you? Oh, yeah definitely who's not you know just as a player person um, actor 
Yeah, great guy. <laughs> Actor, love it. Same as Liverpool for that time. Yeah, and you're and you're and you're a fan of the Super Bowl, aren't you? Of course. Yeah. Who isn't? Yeah, and well, I, mean, I know you're not a fan of the Denver Broncos, could be in the AFC West, but um, I mean, two out of three is not bad, if you, according to Meatloaf. Well, yeah, unless you're building a triangle, but yeah. Yes, that is that is true. You can't build a, t- a, tri- <laughs> a triangle with two out of three uh, two out of three components, but yeah, you, you, you get the gist. Head over to. To our pin tweet or Claire de Bear at, at Claire de Bear eighty five there for your chance, free chance to win uh, some Peyton Manning stuff, some Super Bowl fifty stuff, and some Denver Broncos stuff as well. Even if you don't like the Denver Broncos, certainly plenty of things to get involved there. You have got, you've got a pop figure, you've got a you know who doesn't want a Peyton Manning face mask? Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Halloween sorted for the next year. Yeah, and no, it's a really good prize. Isn't it? It's quite varied. You've got those little bits. It's not you know, it's not just like Denver merchandise and stuff like that. So no, no. Yeah, it's- Good yeah, I mean, you've got a Super Bowl 50 uh, program, you've got a Peyton Manning fast, mask, you've got a, a pop figure, you've got stickers, you've got cards, you've got every, everything to, to cater for everyone's tastes there. So head over and check that out. And if any any new listeners, because our, our, our following on Twitter has exploded over the last couple of days, so I appreciate all the followers there. If any new listeners, welcome on to the uh, to the bandwagon. Welcome on to the show. Exciting times ahead in the off-season. We don't go anywhere, even if the NFL does, although maybe uh, the, AF, the AAF has uh, something uh, to say about that. But uh, today's podcast, uh, say today's contestant on the quiz for 10 questions is Adam Foxcroft from the Long, uh, Long Snap NFL podcast. So you can expect that a bit later on. But uh, Lee, obviously a bit of news since we, uh, I, I thought it'd be a good chance to to catch up on all the news that's happened over the last week or two. Obviously we've had the, the Super Bowl, the post-Super Bowl shuffle, bits of news here and there. So I thought it'd be a good opportunity to, to catch up everyone who maybe has not been paying much attention since the uh, since the biggest game of them all, um, let me start off with uh, one of the biggest, one of the biggest ones over the last couple of days. Uh, Kareem Hunt uh, to the Browns, one million pound uh, deal on a one-year deal. I mean, I'm, I'm I was surprised personally. I don't know about you. Yeah, a little bit. Um, obviously, he's got that relationship with John Dorsey in the past from being the Chiefs uh, GM. Obviously, drafted Kareem Hunt uh, a few years ago. But yeah, I think it's a bit of a weird move. Obviously, they've got Nick Chubb. They got rid of Carl Hines to the Jags last year, uh, and then now to bring in Hunt as you know as good as the back as he is, um, to build bringing that competition again. You know, it doesn't strike me as a partnership that will be you know particularly sort of thunder and lightning-ish. They're probably quite similar in style and build. Um, and yeah, it's quite quite strange just to bring that in. Obviously, once you've got Chubb on, only to move into his second year. And then obviously the other aspect of it is obviously the nature of what he did and that's why he wants to sit well with people uh, considering he's got a chance quite quickly after um, being suspended and released by the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, you've got a suspension coming his way, haven't you? Um, so it'd be interesting to see how many games that is. But yeah, I mean, fantasy owners everywhere are running around uh, with their, heads, their arms in the air screaming, not quite sure what to do there. But I think from a Nick Chubb perspective, you're going to get at least the first six games of the season uh, guaranteed that Kareem Hunt's going to be suspended for. So, you know, in, in the short term, not too bad. But yeah, bit of a strange one for me, Kareem Hunt there going to the Browns. I found an interesting quote actually from John Dorsey saying that Duke Johnson's not expendable yet, which was... Uh, which is quite the confidence to put in uh, into Duke Johnson there. I'm sure he was um, very, very appreciative of that of that comment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, he's going to be sort of the receiving back, isn't he? Even if they do coexist together, uh, which, like I say, is pretty nice. Um, nice to hear from from your GM after bringing in another running back. Yeah. 
Yeah, another one, another situation that could get f- quite fruity over in Philadelphia. Nick Foles, uh, Philadelphia are taking up his uh, his, op- his twenty million pound option, but uh, Nick Foles decided to say no, thank you, and pay two million to become essentially like a free agent. But uh, obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles have the other the other card in the, on in their deck, and that they could franchise tag him. Now, don't expect him them to go that way in doing that. But um, yeah, interesting going on there in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, I think it's kind of, kind of interesting, isn't it? They've- They've probably reached out to teams to see their trade interest. Uh, they might not have got as much, um, so they just thought let's cut, cut ties because obviously they're going to find it difficult to trade him once he's in that twenty million option. You know, even more so than than now. Um, so yeah, just um, just sort of waving him off and sort of saying thanks, uh, but no thanks kind of thing because obviously Carson Wentz is going to be the number one quarterback over there. And uh, yeah, sort of, uh, you know, it's good for Falls himself because it leaves him with all the options and there's going to be plenty out there. Mm. Obviously, with the weak QB class in the draft, and he'd be probably the first choice QB free agent, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It'd be interesting to see where he ends up. Obviously, over the last week or so, I've been trying to do these uh, team season reviews, and quite a lot of uh, Nick Foles has, has come up for a couple of, of those teams, so it remains to be seen where he goes on. Just to point on that as well, they should all be starting to come out next week. Those uh, team season review pods, you know, the divisions, we have all four teams in one division, will go out as a podcast, so keep your eyes and ears peeled for those. But talking of cutting ties, uh, Lee, like I say there with Nick Foles, Antonio Brown tweeting uh, goodbye today even to say that he's... Uh, to say goodbye to the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, and Demarius Thomas as well. To, it's supposed to be expected to be cut by there by the Texans. <laughs> now I know one one will probably be more sought after than the other. Uh, Antonio Brown obviously been setting records and, and streaks for the last five six years in the NFL. Um, seems to be going going leaving uh, Pittsburgh and Hinesfield this 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 off season. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of been a battle of egos, hasn't it, over there? And he seems to sort of uh, come out sort of in the worst way possible, along with his friend uh, Le'Veon Bell. So, big change in Pittsburgh, obviously losing their two big playmakers over there. Um, so, yeah, maybe it brings the AFC West, uh, sorry, the AFC North, sorry, uh, makes that even more open. Uh, and, yeah, there's a there's a top, top wide receiver on the market mm. for someone to, to throw a high-end pick at, I would say. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously not the uh, the youngest age, but he's still got a couple of years left in him, so there'll be uh, plenty of suitors there for Antonio Brown's services. Obviously, he had the most touchdowns in 2018. Uh, moving on to the next generation of potential NFL superstars, uh, Kyler Murray committed himself to the NFL uh, after you know, m- m- weeks and weeks of deliberation. Um, I know you have your thoughts on it, Lee. Uh, I-, I don't have that many thoughts on it, apart from I just think he's ju- he obviously he's just for the money. Uh, I just think he can make a lot more money a lot quicker than he can over there in baseball, uh, and I think he's just cashing in a little bit, just trying to trying to play the, the two sides, if you like, NBA, uh, MLB on one side, the NFL on the other, and just seeing who, what's more lucrative for him. Uh, and the NFL was always going to be that. Um, that said, you know, if, if he falls in drafts or if he doesn't potentially go as high as he maybe he thinks he will, maybe he's got guarantees from a certain team that they'll pick up his services. But um, surely, it, mainly money mo- motivated, which might put off a, a few a few GMs and teams. Yeah, definitely. I think he's hundred percent money motivated. Like you say, he's definitely like played the field. Um, and yeah, he's he's probably has got reassurances from from some teams or. So at least one team he'll he'll sort of be taken pretty high, and and that has sort of given him the the go ahead to make the decision. But yeah, he's kind of like finally committed to football, hasn't he? And he's left things up in the air so long. I'm really disinterested Kyle Murray to be honest with you. I think him and his dad there, who's been sort of manager throughout the process, 
Mm. have handled his PR and his decision really horrendously. Yeah. Um, if, okay, if, if it was my, in my, if it was my team, if I was the GM, um, I just would be so turned off by this. Mm. Um, the fact that you know he's also asked the A's to let him play for a year at Oklahoma before you know starting his career, and then he's just turned his back on them as well. So it's just a huge waste of time for everyone. Mm. Obviously, like I say, he's got news that, that you know someone will pick him, but that couldn't be me. That, that could not be me making that pick. Mm. Can't stress enough that how I would not go anywhere near him with a first round pick. Mm. You know, not even just handling this decision, which was horrendous. Like I say, really, really poor. Mm. Um, but he's high and weight game to death at the quarterback position. Yeah, he's talented. He's a real athlete. But in a, if this was a, in any way a decent QB class, he'd be absolutely nowhere near the first round. Mm. So I, you know, those two things mixed together for me, I would not be picking it anywhere near the first round. Well, he will do. He will. He'll go. He'll probably go top fifteen. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of right place, right time, isn't it, for for someone like Kyler Murray? Um, yeah. Um, we have to just obviously wait and see which team picks him up and, and how it all kind of ends up for him. So uh, I suppose at this point we can't we can't kind of pre preempt what his, what kind of season he's going to have or you know how he's going to do. But we just have to wait and see who he get who he gets selected by, where he goes, and what he does, uh, and then say we'll we'll maybe take take a judgment in maybe a couple of years or so. So we always have to to wait and see. Obviously, yeah. On on the the thought of that, Lee, you dropped your your mock draft three point zero uh, this week. Uh, do you want to? Kind of sell that to the listeners out there why they should head over to our full10yards.com forward slash blog website, which, by the way, has been a little bit revamped as having a little play about with it over the last couple of days. So go and check that out. But Lee, yeah, obviously your mock draft 3.0 is fresh and ready for scrutinisation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I dropped this yesterday, like you say. Uh, yeah, the first and foremost the reason is to yeah, head over to the new site and, and sort of see it's kind of, uh, it's in the kind of middle of the construction, isn't it? It's not quite there. No, nah, yeah. Uh, a few other things uh, coming to the sort of the fans' way, I guess, uh, in the next, uh, you know, the near future. Uh, but yeah, head over. Um, it's, my, it's my last one where I'm not going to put any trades in there. So um, it's kind of the calm before the storm in a way. Um, Kyler Murray is in there. If anyone is a big fan of him, I know he kind of splits opinion. I'm on one side and there's a lot of people on the other side. Um, Kyler Murray's in there. So obviously, if you're interested in him, head over to see where I put him. And, and yeah, head over to see sort of where I where I'd sort of recognise uh, the talent, I guess. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a few new names in there still, still sort of just chucking names and, and kind of seeing where they fit and seeing ones that I like. Um, from the next one, which will be relatively soon, I would say, I'm going to start chucking in some trades as well, mixing it up a little bit and making it a bit more interesting. But yeah, go over, uh, like you say, full 10 yards in the blog. In, is it in the college section now as well? Yep, yep, or it's in we, there, yep. I've put it in there as well, so yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, so just yeah, head over there. Uh, just let's, let's, get, let's get some discussion going. Uh, you know, hit me up on Twitter, at Wakefield90. Mm. Um, if you tell me I'm wrong, uh, tell me I'm right. Uh, <laughs> you're to shreds, I don't care, but just get some discussion going, I guess. Uh, but yeah, no, um, no real shocks in this one so far. Obviously, quite defence-heavy, uh, especially towards the top. And like you say, just throwing a few names in there towards the end uh, that haven't been in there. So obviously, if you want to... Uh, I see some new names. Obviously, there's quite a lot of mock drafts going around the internet at the minute. Um, if you want to see some, maybe some fresh faces, some fresh names, uh, yeah, head over. I might have included one or two that you might not have heard of. Mm. Yeah, draft season getting get just about getting into the thick of it, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. do, you, do, do you reckon uh, Arizona trade down from from spot one? Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's quite a big possibility for that. To be honest, um, it's definitely a scenario I'm going to explore in my next one. 
Um, not almost certainly not the Arizona picking there. And so that will tell us Pacer there, people who might be looking out for that one after reading this one. Um, and yeah, I think there's a strong possibility just quickly just go into that. Um, Arizona are a bad team. They need just they need good players. And if they can sort of, you know, if someone's falling in love with Nick Bosa or falling in love with a certain quarterback or something like that, and they get a, get a buyer, they could get a treasure trove of picks and just pick up better players mm. uh, to kind of accelerate their rebuild a little bit because as much as like you know the getting the number one player on your board number one player in the draft um helps anyone really but uh you know if you can get a, get a lot of good players rather than one superb player maybe you know it helps you um build faster i would say yeah, certainly a lot of holes there on that Cardinals team to to plug and uh, try and cover over the cracks. Uh, just before we move on to the head coaches, a couple of other bits of news. Julius Peppers uh, has retired from the NFL, the uh, former Bear, uh, Carolina Panther. Um, one of the uh, one of the big, bigger names in on the defensive side there for the, well, let's say, yeah, he uh, bows out after the 2018 season, won't be returning. Uh, Dallas Cowboys wouldn't be a, a podcast without talking about Jason Garrett. Uh, they're unlikely to extend his contract. Hallelujah. And <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think that's about it. And is there any other bits of news that you picked up on? Yeah, so um, just something that I picked up just before we came on, just as I was messing around on my phone, just browsing, and uh, yeah, got a notification um, that actually is draft related as well, which leads us in quite nicely from what I've just been talking about. Uh, but yeah, one of the prospects in the draft, a defensive tackle, uh, Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State, uh, regularly being mocked in the top 20, sometimes the top 10 of a lot of drafts, and he's torn his ACL, so you know, his draft stock has taken a big hit. I still think he'll get picked um, at some point, it'll be a little bit like, you know, we've seen many players sort of get injured in the pre-draft process and still go, but he won't be a first rounder anymore and someone will probably get themselves a bargain at some point. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's uh, your news pretty much all up to date. So let's look at, um, you know, obviously the, the post the Super Bowl and even during the playoffs, there's, there's some coaching changes and we, we kind of held off until we had all the positions filled. Uh, the Bengals and the Dolphins, obviously the last two there because they had uh, two appointments from two teams there in the Super Bowl. So we decided to wait off uh, and then obviously go through them all as one entity. And what we're going to do, go through each of them, go through the positives and negatives and, and what they kind of bring and what, what they've done before them. Uh, and then scrutinise them a little bit, and then maybe just have a look at you know which which head coaches maybe do will fare better than others, which one we we, we like more than the others, uh, and which one maybe would be primed for for the biggest success come next year. So let's start with um, let's start with the Bengals. Uh, Lee Zach Taylor, obviously coming over from the uh, LA Rams. Now, I mean, for, for me, this one is is purely just because of the word Sean McVay, and uh, I, I know. Quite a lot of people these days get jobs because of a friend, or they they know it's, it's all about who you know. But to keep the job, it's about what you know, isn't it? And it'd be interesting to see what Zach Taylor brings, could, because it really annoys me actually at the moment that people are trying to to nick everyone else's you know secondhand guys or guys on the tree. You know, we, we hear coaching tree all the time, but you know, Matt Lafleur has hardly worked worked out uh, in Tennessee last year, and we'll talk about him shortly in a minute as well. But Zach Taylor potentially could could crash and burn quite quickly here. Yeah, uh, the, the first thing that I wrote in my notes with Zach Taylor is uh, just the question, are the Bengals trying to find a little piece of Sean McVay, which obviously you've just, you've just talked about. Yeah. Uh, times did it, like you said, with Matt LaFleur last year, um, and it, like I say, it didn't think kind of work. 
Uh, I don't really know what to make this one because I feel like McVeigh gets a lot of the credit in LA. Um, Taylor wasn't really even a big deal in terms of like media coverage and buzz around new head coaches. So yeah, like you say, it's kind of like a bit of a wait and see and see what he does actually bring once he stands on his own two feet. Maybe um, yeah, maybe I'm maybe going to be sort of once bitten twice shy a little bit because obviously I went all in on the floor and the, the Titans last year preseason. Hmm. So maybe going to like cool off on on Zach Taylor and the Bengals hmm. before I start. Sort of saying, yeah, it'd be great and stuff like that. Because, like I said, I think McVeigh's the genius there, isn't he? And, and it's a little bit like uh, a couple of other people we'll talk about in a moment with Brian Flores and Bill Belichick. Mm. Belichick's obviously like the de facto DC, and then all his DCs get jobs and then don't really do anything. Yeah. So, is it going to be the same as the McVeigh coaching tree that will be known? Uh, as you, you know, rightly point out. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of like when on the news when you get a reporter that say someone someone famous has done something and they go to their hometown and just pick any old Joe uh, from the, from the street to, to to mention to comment on something. It kind of reminds me like that. You know, everyone's loving Sean McVeigh and what he's done and that kind of stuff, and everyone's just trying to grab at least like an arm or a leg of something to do with the LA Rams. Almost as if you know, like when you used to uh, lucky like a Blarney Stone or something, you used to always rub against yourself for good luck. It's almost kind of like that, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Mm. And that guy who kind of stops him from walking on the field will be getting a head, jo- head coach's job soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, Zach Taylor walks into into a team that's not got too many uh, too many issues. Obviously, you've got Andy Dalton there at quarterback, which might need addressing. But you've got Joe Mixon there, uh, star in the running backfield, and you've got AJ Green, uh, who's still got a couple of years left in him. And Tyler Boyd, obviously, come to the fore last season. Tight end is a position again that that kind of needs looking at. But it is, it is a tough division uh, historically. The Pittsburgh Steelers obviously might be coming down a little bit now. With their their stars seem to be leaving that galaxy. Uh, this was a team that was six and ten last year, primed. You know, many thought that would uh, would get to the postseason. And I suppose another aspect of why Zach Taylor or someone would want to take the Bengals' job is that the the you know, the patience that the, the the people at the top of the tree there kind of show because you know they they put up with Marvin Lewis for for over a decade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's one thing that I'm going to talk about quite a lot with these hires is. Uh, if you do hire one of these young guys who's kind of up and coming, just do hire have to give them time. And yeah, that is one of the big positives that the Bengals obviously gave Mike and Lewis a million years. Mm. So, you know, they're going to stick with that trend and they're going to at least give Zach Taylor a bit of time to put his stamp on it and, and yeah. see what they've got, really. Yeah. Yeah. Another, another thing I noticed as well about most of these coaching hires is most of them haven't have never been head coaches as well. So, um, again, if you're gonna if you're gonna employ people that haven't been head coaches, you have to give them that bit of time. Uh, and I do where I do worry that some of these may maybe don't get the the time that they need to. Um, you because know, there's a few reoffenders here from last season that employed uh, new guys as a head coach. But we shall see. Let's move on, Lee, to a couple of teams that now in the AFC East. Um, let's start with Miami Dolphins. Should we seven and nine last year? Uh, Brian Flores comes over from the New England Patriots. Um, yeah, he's obviously uh, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator have also changed. So it's all changed in the Dolphins team. Not a lot of talent on this team. Uh, Kenny Drake's obviously still there. But so, uh, what did you what did you make of Brian Flores coming over from uh, New England? So yeah, I've kind of like asked myself a question again at the start of this one as well. I just wrote, uh, is Brian Flores the man to knock Bill Brian off the summit of the Belichick coaching tree? Because that's 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 the that's the fact of the matter, isn't it? That of that of that extensive tree now from Bill Belichick, Brian, Bill O'Brien is the, the top dog to come from it. So it's not a great sort of starting place, is it, to kind of be associated with? No. So I'm not sure that, that Flores is going to be you know this great great coach, uh, head coach. Anyway, he's good defensive coordinator, obviously. 
Um, because, like I said before, Bill Belichick's the de facto DC, so you're kind of just a, a stand-in and kind of a sounding board, probably. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he's not got a great deal to work with, especially on defense. Outside of Mink Fitzpatrick and Xavier Howard, mm-hmm. like who is there on defense? Obviously, that's the that's the place where he's going to specialize. That's the place where he's going to put a lot of his effort and and he's going to make it his own. And he's not got much tools to work, many tools to work with. Going to be. But like we said with uh, with uh, Zach Taylor, like I say, not given time. Um, and like we've been saying, we've said this quite a few times since we've been podcasting together. You've just got to be sort of biding your time in the AFC East and just waiting for Brady and Belichick to go away and retire, and then you can start having a proper fist of it again. I guess and you just got to rebuild for them again. Yeah, I mean, I don't see Brian Flores as, as the answer over there in Miami. I, I mean, they're unfortunately they're in a cycle where they, they keep getting mediocre returns in terms of season wins so they always get mediocre draft picks I, I think I covered the, we covered this quite well actually in, in the team review with the Dolphins with uh, all, 30, the, the, um, all 32 uh, fellas but yeah I mean I, I think it's going to take a bad season before they are able to, to fully rebuild and I just wonder if there's someone waiting in the wings there and I'll mention him a bit later on when we come to do, to kind of wrap it up and think maybe who gets fired first but I've got an interesting little uh, Little plot line, if you like, but I don't. I don't see Brian Flores uh, lasting too long there in uh, Miami. But let's move over Lee, to the uh, fellow AFC East team, the, the guy that vacated that position, uh, Adam Gase, who's now over at the New York Jets um, on the offensive coordinator side. They've got um, Darrell Logain, which, if you say the wrong way, could be low gains. And obviously, you want an offensive coordinator that gets quite high gains, but. Um, you know, on the def- defensive side there, you've got Greg Williams as well, who's uh, everyone knows from the Cleveland Browns. And I'm not. I, I quite. I saw this one a long way out. Adam Gase going to the Jets. I think I even tweeted it as, as much. Um, be interesting to see. Let's say Gase maybe uh, trying to punch all the tickets there in his AFC East loyalty card uh, to get maybe a free shot at the uh, at the Patriots. Although I very much doubt it. But he knows the AFC East. Um, there's, you know, they've got the quarterback for the future now in Sam Darnold. They've got a few pieces there at wide receiver in Robbie Anderson and Quincy Nimoy, who who showed at different times last season. Obviously, Quincy Nimoy was injured, but. Um, I, I I'm not gonna say I love the the hire, but um, should be should be a solid hire. I was gonna say you sound much much higher on this than I am. I hate this hire, hate it. Mm. Gase is like Gase is an eager maniac. He tried to gain full control in Miami, failed, failed uh, to win the locker room, failed on the field. He talks about these like QB whisperer from his time in Denver with some guy called Peyton Manning. Mm. I think he's quite good. So you know. I don't, I think he needs a coach. He's the coach on the field. Um, so I don't see this working at all. I'm actually praying for Sam Darnold on this one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd be interesting actually to see what how how many fights Adam Gase can maybe pick with some of the players. Obviously, it's notorious that he, there's a couple of players there in Miami he didn't like. Um, yeah, and yeah. Even the opening press conference with the uh, the video with his eyes, he maybe doesn't spell good things for, for, the, for the Jets. But yeah, I mean, unfortunately... They've got some pieces there, so it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, Todd Bowles has left. Um, they were they were pretty tough on defense uh, last season as well. But yeah, I mean, again, not a great division, so it should be get easy to 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 get some wins. Um, and he knows all the teams inside out, so there is that. This is true. Yeah, he's got a bit of inside information. Uh, but yeah, it depends on if he's kind of learned from his past mistakes and if he wants to kind of chill out a little bit and kind of let other people do their work as well, or if he wants to be, like I said, this egomaniac and. Trying to take over New York, uh, I don't. I just don't see it, Adam Gase. To be honest, I don't see what he brings to the table. No, 
No, maybe just some crazy eyes. Let's move on to another AFC team. So, yeah, Cleveland Browns, I've stuck them down. I know we didn't really, it wasn't really a post-Super Bowl or playoff kind of change, but obviously they, they've changed from, from last season, obviously moving on from Hugh Jackson. Uh, Freddie Kitchens took over last season, but it was the offensive and the defensive coordinator side as well, the, you know, the backups for him in Todd Munkin, uh, who's well-received in the league. And Steve Wilkes, obviously from our, who didn't work out in Arizona last year as a defensive coordinator, I don't mind that. That as a, as a trio of a coaching set, it could could do a lot worse. Yeah, definitely. I quite like it. Um, Kitchens, and I'm a big fan of the hire. Although, like you say, it's not a new coaching hire, but I'm a big fan of it. It's a coach from Hugh Jackson. The Browns won games. Look like a functional NFL team. Just look more together. Uh, they've got a talented roster. Or they have done for a couple of years, but it wasn't been anywhere near maxed by Jackson. And Kitchen seems to have a good relationship with Baker Mayfield too, and that head coach quarterback relationship is most important in any franchise, especially when it's a offensive-minded head coach. Mm. And yeah, Todd Munkin obviously he's weird the books, um, and offense wasn't really the books' problem last year. Um, so yeah, him and Kitchens, along with you know Mayfield and all the players who've got on offense, should be a pretty decent mix. And obviously beforehand, obviously Steve Wilkes just had a terrible year in um, in Arizona, but beforehand. He was a good defensive coordinator, so maybe it's sort of more in his comfort zone, mm. and he can just concentrate on that rather than running the whole show. Mm. And yeah, like you say, quite like it as a trio. Quite like the direction the Browns are going, especially with, like you say, Pittsburgh then trending downwards. Um, yeah, it could be a bit of a change in the guard there. I'm quite optimistic for the Browns next year. Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is a, it's a team that went 7 8 and 1 last season, and who knows what they could have maybe done if uh, Hugh Jackson wasn't there for the whole season. But when, when Freddie Kitchens came in, the stabilizers obviously came off Baker Mayfield, and you saw a lot a lot better um, production from him. And like I say, Baker Mayfield and him seem to have a good relationship. Be interesting to see kind of where they go. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where Kareem Hunt maybe fits into all of that, like we said a bit earlier on. Let's move over to AFC West. Denver, 6-10 and 10 last season. Um, Vic Fangio has come over from the Chicago Bears. More of a defensive guy, um, but the defensive coordinator that joins him in Denver, Vic, Vance Joseph. Um, he's obviously... Is, is that Vance Joseph? Yeah, he's gone down to defensive coordinator, hasn't he? Has he? I, I totally missed that, if that is the case. Oh, I'll have to, I'll have to double <laughs> check. I'll, I'll, I'll double check that because I don't really understand what, uh, why I would have put it down. But anyway... Vic Fangio, uh, 30, 32 years yeah. coaching experience in the NFL. Um, you know, he, he said that he could have been quite comfortable at Chicago for the next 10 years as well. So interesting that he's been patient and over the last couple of years. Obviously, he was a, a candidate to replace John Fox when he was fired uh, two seasons ago. But obviously, Matt Nagy got that job. Um, but yeah, I mean, be interesting to see how he does. Yeah, definitely. So I'll give I'll give my thoughts on it, and you you Google the the if he is actually the defensive coordinator if Vance Jones has sort of been demoted. So um, yeah, big fan of Vic Banjo, just in general, to be honest with you, uh, and what he creates on defense. Um, as I said previously, I think I've said this in previous shows that if, when we do our awards, I'd have given him our sorry assistant coach of the year if we'd given out that award. We saw the Chicago, to be honest with you. Um, but I've got a couple of questions, and this is kind of what my kind of thinking is, um, and kind of makes me a little bit unsure. So, why is he only getting his first head coach job in his early 60s? Mm. You know, what, what's, what's right about this time? Um, you know, he's been for interviews before, I think, and not got them for various, you know, he's been mentioned for various um, jobs before. You know, and then obviously there's the longevity issue, hiring someone who is nearly retirement age, um, you know, you, get, you see a lot, you know, a lot where you know, 
like people stick around, stick around the league in jobs, and they they can go on for much longer. But obviously, you've got that. You know, the th- things probably become a little bit more important in life uh, than than coaching football. Mm. So I don't hate that idea, but I do have my questions about it. Mm. Um, but yeah, obviously, maybe not seeing it in the greatest of lights as a Chargers fan. And um, but yeah, not 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 amazing, but not not bad either. Mm. Yeah, uh, Vance Joseph, I actually had an arrow coming out from Denver because he's actually a defensive coordinator in Arizona who we'll speak to quick uh, in very shortly indeed. So just go show you need to make uh, good notes that you can actually read. So um, <laughs> obviously they've got they've got a quarterback situation to sort out there in Denver, uh, which has not been John Elway's forte over the last couple of seasons. Uh, Case Keenum, I think they're tied into him a little bit. And again, all, the, all these teams that we're going through here on the uh, team season reviews we, we talk about these in, in a little bit of depth there so again another reason to check those out over the next couple of weeks um yeah Vance Joseph obviously was the head coach last season uh, didn't do himself the uh, the world of good really but now it goes over to Arizona but yeah Denver obviously in, in a tough division AFC West you've got Kansas City and uh, the Chargers there that are going to be looking to, to be playoffs playoffs for the next couple of years so it could be a case that Denver and especially Oakland are going to be on the outside looking in over the next couple of years. But let's move over to Arizona then, Lee. Uh, Vance Joseph is the defensive coordinator, uh, as I said. Cliff Kingsbury, again, is another one who's a bit of a bit of an eyebrow raiser, really. Um, obviously, a lot of time, a lot of th- reporters and a lot of articles on, you know, where he's sharing a, a locker room with Patrick Mahomes back in the college days. Uh, but this was a team that went 13 and three, uh, three and 13 last season uh, and have the number one pick, obviously, like we said. And there are a lot of holes to fill here. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, but actually, I quite like hires like this, where a team gives young, offensive mind the shot. Arizona in rebuild, so they, like you say, should give him time, which is essential, as we said, when hiring a young head coach. Because what's the point of giving an experienced guy a go and then hire, uh, firing him and then starting all over again when it doesn't yield instant success? Yeah. Uh, hopefully, Kings we can get. Uh, more out of Josh Rosen than Mike McCoy did. Uh, another reason I like this hire is just because of that. So when you pair a young QB with a young, offensive-minded head coach, kind of let them get together, form their own ideas together, form their own offense together almost. You know, and you've got a quarterback, a smart quarterback like Josh Rosen, he'll be able to do that. He'll, he'll know what he likes, knows what he doesn't like, and Kings should tap into that. And then you kind of get someone on the defensive side who kind of like knows what he's doing and he can sort of run that side of the ball while you have fun. Putting up some points, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not a big fan of this one. Um, It's it's a bit weird how he's kind of screwed a people, couple of teams over there in the in the college game just to come over and uh, and coach. I mean, obviously Steve Wilkes only got the year one year to to try and see what he was all about, and obviously that didn't work out, and maybe he should have stayed. But they they were putrid, weren't they, on offense last season? But not not all of it really anyone's fault, apart from the fact that they don't really have much talent on the offensive line, and Josh Rosen, you know perhaps wasn't coached the best under Steve Wilkes, which is maybe why they told him to, to leave. And like, like you say, they bring, you bring up a good point. If you've got a young a young guy there with a young quarterback, uh, maybe they, their relationship is, is a bit um, it's a bit easier for foundations to be laid and, and for him to improve. Um, but I'm not, I'm not Josh Ryzen's biggest fan anyway, but um, it's all about just getting David Johnson the ball, to be quite honest, for me. Um, at least Vance Joseph, is a, Vance Joseph is, a, is a decent DC, so... Um, Maybe and they've got a decent defense there as well. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald's obviously coming back for another year on offense as well. But um, yeah, it could be tough times ahead the next couple of years for Arizona whilst they're in rebuild mode. Uh, so yeah, that's six in the AFC. Uh, just the two on the NFC. Let's move over to the NFC. Let's start with 
the aforementioned Matt LaFleur, uh, who obviously was over in Tennessee last season, part of the Sean McVay wilting coaching tree, shall we say. Green Bay head coach. Um, I was a bit surprised by this one, considering what happened in Tennessee on on offense last season. Nathaniel Hackett as well, another another guy who was fired from Jacksonville last season on a on a poor offense, is your front offensive coordinator. But this uh, Green Bay job, Lee, one of the most pressurized uh, hot seats going in. Uh, he could quite quickly go as well. Another another candidate to be maybe first in the sack race uh, if things don't go too too well. Uh, were you surprised with this one? Yeah. Yeah, really, really weird hire, I think. Um, obviously, like what you said, like, just go back to this time last year, maybe. I was really excited when he went to Tennessee. I thought their offense was going to be really good, innovative, fun. Um, I thought the Titans would win the AFC South. And it just wasn't the case, was it? So, for me, you don't really understand why the Packers have gone after him. You don't understand what, what, their, what their sort of thought is, what their sort of thought train. And like you say, to, to get, then get Nathaniel Hackett involved, it's not great, I don't think. Don't get me wrong. The, the, the Titans' offense wasn't horrible. They weren't terrible, but I was really underwhelmed by it. You know, and then you look at it from Green Bay's point of view, they've got the last throws of Aaron Rodgers' career trying to win a championship over the next, what, three to five years, and they've hired Matt LaFleur. It's kind of strange, I would say. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like when you, you're at work and you see someone getting a promotion they don't really deserve. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that kind of works out there in Green Bay. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers doesn't really pay much respect to coaches. He tends to want to do things his own way and the way he likes it. But it'd be interesting to see the, the next guy on the list here for Tampa Bay, Bruce Arians in Green Bay, to see kind of how, what that relationship would have been like. That would have been an interesting one to watch. Um, but I suppose we're, we're lucky in, this, in a sense that it's not John Gruden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyone not John Gruden. John, John Gruden. Oh, yeah. John Gruden plus oh, Aaron Rodgers is uh, is a bit of a weird. What does that equal? John Gruden plus Aaron Rodgers equals. Oh my god, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> answers <laughs> answers on a postcard. Uh, but let's talk about Bruce Arians, Lee. Tampa Bay, one of the, the probably the the most eye catching uh, of all the the vacancies that were filled. Uh, the offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, who was Arizona's. Uh, it took over from from last year, didn't he? Uh, he managed to get a few things going there on that offense as well. Did uh, didn't do himself any harm whatsoever. And um, Todd Bowles, the say the aforementioned Jets coach, there is the defensive coordinator as well. And again, this is um, covered really well by uh, Murph from the Five Yard Rush. Shout out to you, my friends, uh, in the Tampa Bay episode, which will be out over the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, this one this one could be quite exciting. Yeah, no, I really love this. It's actually my favorite one out of the, the whole lot. Um, Bruce Owens bring a lot of excitement to Tampa Bay, he kind of put him on the map again a little bit, I think, just with his personality. Um, I think he could end up saving James Winston's career as well, from perfectly honest with you. Mm, mm. Uh, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be this higher. Um, Tampa have got the piece on offense, the skill positions, and then Owens' scheme, I think, will suit Winston, but you know, to push it vertically a little bit more. And if they fix the defense, they could be going places, I'd say. It's going to be a really tough division again. So I'm not going to say they're going to you know, win the division or any, anything like that. No hot takes from me on that one. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it, Tampa Bay have been a little bit drab recently. They've not been a team that's only on anyone's sort of like favourite. And they're not really troubling anyone either. And I think that could all change maybe a little bit with Bruce Arians. Mm. Yeah, Everyone loves it, Bruce, don't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they do. Um, I mean, I, I was a big fan of Tampa Bay going into last season. 
Um, obviously didn't quite come to fruition, didn't work out how I kind of thought it did, but they'll certainly have a bit of my money uh, to make the playoffs next season because you could get a, a juicy price. Uh, just on that, I think Vinnie Curry on the defensive end there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has been released uh, today. Just a, a bit of extra news there for you for free. We'll give you that one for free. Um, okay, so yeah, that's that's kind of all the, uh, the head coaching vacancies kind of covered there for you. Just before we, we move on, on to the uh, the full ten, oh, well, sorry, we got the whole, the end of season awards as well. But which uh, which which coach out of those eight leads do, do you reckon will will win the sack race? Uh, I think it's between Lafleur and Gates. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. I think Lafleur's like just such an underwhelming hire. I think it's like say, it's just a bit weird. I don't understand where what the what the thought of form the the sort of trade thought is with that one, and then. You know, Gacy, if he just tries to kind of just run everything and and not let anyone else in on the on the business, um, yeah, he'll he'll sort of alienate himself again, and and he'll be he'll be gone, I reckon. Mm. Yeah, Matt Lafleur obviously is in the, the big, like we say, the biggest pressure cooker, isn't he? To to succeed, so he's obviously the probably the be the bookie's favourite or the clubhouse leader. Um, but Brian Flores, I, I have a funny feeling that they're going to try and tempt uh, was it Jim Harbour uh, back to the NFL. So I wonder if. They they're using someone like Flores to to have that dud season. You know, it's a it's a squad that's devoid of talent, and have a bad season. Uh, you know, have a decent pick in the draft, get a quarterback, and you know, bring in bring in someone like Jim Harbour, uh, or uh, a big name to to kind of then lead the assault on the on the AFC East. So, I mean, it's a bit of a bit of a, a stretch maybe to to think that, but I've just got a funny feeling about that one. So I'm keeping my eyes on, on that. I just I do think it's just a bit of a Anyone will do for now. Just make sure we get a, a top five pick next year. That's an interesting theory. Mm. Yeah, really interesting theory. Uh, strange things happen, don't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I got I got and ran a podcast. That's a strange idea, but anyway, moving on. Um, of the of the eight there, which which do you th- who do you think would be most successful next season, twenty nineteen? Uh, in the next twelve months, I think Kitchens. I think the Browns are going to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Arians could, like I say, just gushed a little bit about his hire there, didn't they? I think he could bring a lot of good stuff to Tampa Bay. But, yeah, I think Kitchens, I think the Browns would be good. Um, there's no one that really, like, stands out kind of in the middle. I think he's either good or bad out of this lot, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, I mean, these are all, these are all teams that have losing records from last season. But, yeah, another thing with, with Freddie Kitchens, which we didn't really touch on, is that there's not really any transition to him, is there? Because he was there last season for the towards the end of the season. So, you know, they, they'll, they'll be fully oiled and well and well run coming into the season. There'll be no teething problems because they've already gone through that period. Yeah, exactly. It helps the transition, doesn't it? It helps the, the continuity, uh, the, the terminology to, to learn for the quarterback or the offence and then... It's just yeah, installing the what Monken and uh, Steve Wilkes are going to bring to the table. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. That is all the uh, head coaches there, all wrapped up for you in a nice little bow. Uh, another thing we didn't really talk about uh, post Super Bowl was obviously the uh, the season awards, Lee. Uh, obviously, we held our own here. The the, the yardies, the full ten yard awards. Uh, but I thought it might be just a good idea just to go back through a couple of them and just uh, kind of compare and, you know, if there's any surprises. There's a couple that differ from from our awards. They're obviously more prestigious than the uh, NFL end-of-season awards. But um, Patrick Mahomes, oh. no 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 qualms there about. Obviously, he's got, he got both awards there, so I'm sure he's a, ha- a happy bunny. Coach of the Year went to, to Matt Nagy. Obviously, we gave it to Frank Reich. Um, again, I'm not going to say that Matt Nagy was a poor coach last year, but... 
considering what, what was available to them and what happened in the off-season and, and expectations, I think Frank Reich really should have uh, should have won this award. That was it. It, was, it went out to a vote, that one, didn't it, if I yeah. remember right? Yeah. And it was the people that voted Frank Reich. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I thought they were wrong because I voted Matt Nagy, so <laughs> I'm, I'm quite happy with that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, fair enough. Okay. Uh, offensive player Mahomes, obviously no need to expand on that one. Defensive player Aaron Donald, no need to expand on that one. Offensive rookie, obviously, was the one that people got got debating uh, prior to, to the award. We gave it to, to Baker Mayfield, uh, again, via the people's vote. But uh, going to Saquon Barkley, again, you know, he's in New York. He's, he's got all the media there. And I'm not going to begrudge Saquon Barkley that award. No, definitely not. It's kind of, it was a 50-50 vote kind of thing, wasn't it? It was between one and two. Uh, and yeah, like you say, you can't really begrudge the scrimmage yards leader. Um, offensive rookie of the year. Um, so yeah, he'll probably win it again. Uh, well, win you know awards again, mm. should I say? Not not to really look at the year again. Yeah. Uh, we'll be winning quite a few awards uh, throughout his career, I would say. Yeah, and then rounding off, obviously, uh, Darius Leonard uh, was the uh, defensive uh, rookie of the year as well, as voted uh, as decided by us as well on the podcast. Uh, anything else from the awards at all? The uh, the the hundred year episode um, advert was pretty cool, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was really good. Yeah, I really like that. It was good. All of the NFL do like that. It's really cool, I think. Mm. Yeah, it's quite funny to get all those different players and Marshall Lynch being Marshall Lynch. That was, uh, yeah, it fitted his character perfectly, didn't it? Yeah, 100%. He's a, but that's it. He is a character, isn't he? You know, from driving golf carts around fields to, to appearing in adverts like that. You know, he's a colourful character, Lee. Yeah, maybe he was just there so he didn't get fined. <laughs> yeah, could be it. <laughs> <laughs> okay that pretty much brings us all, all up to date then so it's time to get your eyes down get your pens out get your paper ready it's time for the full 10 questions Okay, everyone, it's Tuesday, full 10 questions time, and today's contestant is Adam Foxcroft from the Long Snap NFL podcast, who uh, is used to setting questions uh, for quizzes. Adam, hopefully you'll not be too bad at answering them. Uh, well, we'll see. There might well be a reason why I tend to set the quizzes on our <laughs> podcast, yeah. Um, yeah. just to hide the lack of knowledge. It's, knowledge is easy when you've got Wikipedia or the internet at your disposal there yeah, that's very true although you never you never know what's what's stayed in the old noggin uh, from all the questions that maybe you've set over over <laughs> the years so we shall see um yeah fingers crossed yeah and obviously we, we you may be you may be tasked with the uh, the the big nfl podcast you in the uk get together we uh, sent some questions on there so hopefully that's something that all the uh, podcasts out there look, look forward to uh yeah no that would be really good fun if that happens um it's a huge community of, of fans in the UK and mm. um, not just podcasters but yeah others to all all get together um quiz night we're all geeks really yeah oh yeah absolutely it's always, uh, always a good uh, shout out to obviously all the other podcasts that may be getting involved with that obviously keep you keep your eyes peeled for that that's uh, over in I think it's uh, was it May time May June time we want to get that done uh not sure on the date yet um yeah fingers fingers crossed it doesn't clash with a holiday or <laughs> anything like that um, yeah. but yeah something to look forward to in the off season which yeah. is too long yeah absolutely yeah we'd be good uh, if we get quite a few podcasts represented because we can all have bragging rights then over social media which is always, <laughs> exactly. which is always good fun isn't it <laughs> so, 
But yeah, we're going to put your your brains to the test today. So uh, as usual, 10 questions, no specific, uh, specific time limit. Have to take your first answer. Uh, if you're taking a bit too long, we shall move you on. Are you ready? I am as ready as I will ever be. Okay, everyone listen in. This question one. What stadium do the New York Jets play their home games? Uh, MetLife Stadium. Who is the head coach of the LA Chargers? Anthony Lynn. What number does David Johnson wear? Uh, 31. Which player did the New England Patriots take in the first round of the 2018 draft? Uh, Sonny Michel. Name any team that Peyton Manning has defeated in a Super Bowl. Uh, the Chicago Bears. Do you need more? Or? No, no, just the one. That's fine. Okay. Um, how many yards does an offensive holding penalty incur? Offensive holding, 10. Which team in the NFC North has an animal in their logo? In the NFC North, uh, the Lions. Other, other than Tony Romo, name the other famous Dallas quarterback that commentates on NFL games. Troy, Troy Aikman. Which player threw for the most passing yards in 2018? I'm guessing that's Patrick Mahomes. Okay, and then finally, within 15, how many career touchdowns, including the postseason, did the Ladanian Tomlinson have? Career touch. Sorry, with touchdowns. Yeah, including postseason. Uh, oh, um, <laughs> uh, let's. Trying to do maths in my head uh, while stalling for time. Um, let's say 150. I don't really know. Okay. How do you think you did? Uh, okay, I think, other than that last one. <laughs> yeah, that last one, uh, let's say we make you earn the, uh, the the 10 out of 10 if you get the first nine. But let's go through them then. Um, quite straightforward, some of these. MetLife, of course, is uh, New York Jets, obviously a home to the Giants as well. Uh, LA Chargers, of course, coached by Anthony Lynn. David Johnson just about got there, 31. Well done on that one. <laughs> um, unusual number for a running back, so yeah, it's uh, well, well found there. Um, Tony Pichel, obviously, was the uh, the running back there taken by New England Patriots in the first round of the draft. You did. Uh, Chicago Bears were one of the teams. The other one, do you want to have a stab at the other one? The other one would have been the Panthers. Correct. When yeah, he was at the Broncos. Yeah, 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 very good. Um, 10 yards for an offensive holding penalty there. That, that is all good. Detroit Lions... NFC North Animal. Um, ben Roethlisberger was the most passing yards in 2018. I think Patrick Mahomes was second. Um, oh, oh no. <laughs> full house is down. But uh, Troy Aikman obviously was the other famous Dallas quarterback that commentates. He was, of course, uh, on Fox. And you know, we're not too far out of uh, LaDainian Tomlinson. You said 150 was up 169. So just a agonizing, oh. agonizing oh. four out of there. But I can say that you joined everyone else on the big group there. That's an eight out of ten. Uh, on the top of the leaderboard there. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much. It's clearly impossible to get more than eight. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought I thought we we uh, I thought we were going to get nine there, nine out of ten. But uh, the search the search goes on. But a great effort anyway. Being being joint top just as good as being top, isn't it? No, uh, no it's no. not. No, okay, it's, it's, it's clearly not as good. <laughs> I no, no. I look forward to the uh, the roles reversing hopefully uh, over the summer when you you pose questions uh, to us. But uh, yeah, fabulous effort and uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks for having me. Good fun. 
Sterling effort there from Adam uh, from the Long Snap uh, Long Snap NFL podcast. Thought we were going to get a ten there. Wasn't too far away at all. Um, obviously Ben Roethlisberger, and just a, a couple of more touchdowns in there. He would have been in with the uh, full house. But uh, league once again, the, the, everyone getting to eight and then falling falling flat. Yeah, we planned our season, haven't we? With our, with our quiz. Yeah. Uh, yeah, first person who gets nine should get some sort of prize, I guess. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll save it for ten. I'll, 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 we've given up enough, enough yeah, prizes. Yeah. We've given up enough prizes. Um, we're, 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 we're very, very kind. Yeah, first one who gets nine maybe gets a round of applause. Yeah, if the first one to get to nine can get a round of applause, and then the first one to get to ten, maybe we'll sort out a uh, podcast T-shirt. All right, cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, sounds good. Yeah. But we will, uh, unfortunately, we'll try again next week to, to get that all-elusive uh, ten out of ten. Before we uh, round off, Lee, uh, obviously uh, the the off season um, this season we have a new a new type of uh, football to watch the uh, the alliance as they like to call it, which kicked off uh, over the weekend. Now I know you have your opinions on it, and you've not really got to watch any of it yet. But I, I spent most of today watching the highlights uh, on YouTube uh, of all the games, and whilst I need to obviously watch a full game to to know what the quality is is all like, but. I mean, most of the games they were quite loud. Um, it was quite fun to watch. Uh, from the, but again, you're you're always going to get that on the highlights. That's why they're named as such. Um, but it was, yeah, loud. Um, from what I saw, the crowds weren't exactly full houses, um, but the home teams were well supported. Um, just to run through some of the results and maybe some some highlights to watch. Uh, Birmingham Iron uh, shut out the uh, Memf- Memphis uh, Express. Mike Singletary still got it. I see. Uh, but Birmingham Iron, yeah, they played really well at home. Trent Richardson and uh, Quinton Patton as well um, had had himself a game. Arizona Hotshots beat the Salt Lake Stallions 38-22. Uh, the Orlando Apollos with the uh, probably the performance of the weekend uh, curb stomping the Atlanta Legends who did not play really well, 40-6. And then a close one, field goals pretty much ruled in this one. San Antonio Commanders uh, won 15-6 there against the uh, San Diego Fleet. Lee, I, I'd assume if you watched this, you'd be a San Diego Fleet guy. Yeah, maybe maybe in in the future. Um, what to see? I've not actually watched any AF yet. Um, yeah, not really. I don't know. Not, it's not really grabbed my imagination so far. I'm not really sure. Like you just said, not really sure of what sort of high quality product it's going to be. Although you know, might prove wrong on that in in future and within time. Um, so we yeah, if I ever get into it, I'll definitely be a bandwagon fan. Yeah, I mean, um, so you know, probably yeah. join on who to you know whoever's doing successfully. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of names in there that you you'd, you'd. I think it's one of those leagues where you know, if, if you take it for what it is, it's a bit of football and it's people. I, I mean, I'll say professionals, obviously, because they are. But obviously, it's never going to be the NFL, um, and it's oh. never it's never gonna, it's not going to be quite as bad as it what the XFL could potentially be. But you know, you've got players like Trent Richardson, uh, Akeem Hunt, who I actually quite liked for uh, in spots for the Houston Texans a couple of couple of years ago as well. Never really got the chance. Um, it's almost like the kind of the contender type of league, isn't it? Uh, David Cobb, Quinton Patton, Matt Asiata, Zach, Zach Tace, Stacey, uh, and then some kickers as well. Nick Falk, Nick Novak, who you will know, uh, and Young Hee Koo yeah. as well, uh, who got the first points of the of the whole season of the whole the whole league. So there's a trivia answer question for you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot of, you know, when you're watching games, you, you hear someone's name, he says, oh, that's what happened to that guy. Or I wonder where he was. Or, I wonder what happened to him. Um, it's going to be kind of like that, but you know they're still playing their their hearts out. They're training hard, uh, and some of the catches and some of the throws were, were still pretty good. And again, I only watched highlights, so I need to go back and watch uh, a full game just to kind of see the whole thing. But and, and I, have you seen the highlight of that quarterback getting hit and getting his helmet knocked off? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much the the, the sort of 
most that I've seen of it, to be honest with you. It's kind of a little bit inconvenient timing-wise for me, because obviously it's the start of draft season. Uh, like we said earlier, it's right in the thick of draft season now. And personally for me, I'd rather watch college players in the builds to draft and yeah. Yeah. start sort of weighing up all those. Uh, um, and then, like you say, that's the thing, that you can just kind of see sort of the people who kind of get caught from training camps and sort of maybe just before the final 53 men are announced for each NFL roster. Mm. They're going to get scooped up by the AF. And yeah, it's going to be kind of like, oh yeah, we liked him in draft season last year, yeah. and now he's playing for whoever. Uh, and maybe maybe that's where it'll pique my imagination personally. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the depths of being able to play fantasy football with it. I know quite a few people tried. Um, you know, on the, on the plus side, it's on YouTube. It's a, it's a bit of football, makes the off-season shorter. But again, for someone like you, Lee, who prefers to do the draft stuff, obviously it's a bit of a clash. Um, and obviously for you, draft's always going to win. But yeah, um, you know, timing's not great. But yeah, it had 2.9 million viewers, which uh, was was lauded as, as a success, uh, considering it beat an NBA game. I can't remember the game that, that was on, but... I mean, 2.9 million people probably in this country watch Bargain Hunt. So I'm not 2.9 million people in America. I'm not quite sure whether that's something that, that should be uh, kind of said out loud with with kind of you know, bashfulness. I mean, it's got off the ground, and that's one big thing for any league like this. There's probably been a multitude of leagues that have tried to start up that have just literally never got off the ground. Probably ones that you've never heard of, some that you have. And just to say that they're playing, they're in games, they've got fans turning up and paying money, mm. that's a success. And I guess that 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 sense, it is a success. It's not a lot of people in the grand scheme of things no. for America. But um, yeah, no, you can only grow, and I guess it will in time, and that, that's what it wants to do. Obviously, it probably wants to be probably bought by the NFL, I guess, and mm. kind of be like the feed league, kind of like the G League is the NBA. Mm. Um, the NFL is going to have to see some sort of evidence that it can feed the NFL um, before it starts doing that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there were was, there was some good games and some highlights. Uh, Christian Hackenberg um, showed why he never threw a pass in the NFL doing what he does best. Uh, and there was actually the Philly special in the Orlando game, if you want to go back and watch that as well. I can't remember who threw the, who threw the pass. Um, Oh, the, the name escapes me now, but it was uh, someone that used to play in the NFL. But uh, yeah, I mean, when when a former NFL guys made plays, they, the the commentators made sure that they told you that he was a former NFL player. So I don't know if they're trying to they've been told to to do that. But one thing I did notice actually, corners, the cornerbacks didn't really tend to locate the ball when when tracking the wide receivers as well. So maybe uh, might be worth you watching just to see if you you agree with that. But there were some good games. Um, but yeah, for me. Um, I'm never going to be challenging the NFL, but if you want, if you've got a spare ten minutes and you want to watch some highlights, a bit of football, something recent, um, maybe go and check it out. Just a couple of things to to make you aware of the the changes from you know the the alliance to from the NFL. There's no kickoffs, um, balls given to the offenses at the 25 yard line. Uh, there's no point afters. All all kind of touchdowns are then followed by two point conversions. Um, and if you want to do an onside kick, obviously because there's no kicks, you have to do complete a, four, a fourth and 12, which I thought was quite interesting. How they got to that, I'm not quite sure, but um, yeah. Um, and you're only allowed a five-man rush as well, which obviously, judging by that hit on the quarterback who had his helmet taken off, five was uh, one, maybe one too many. Yeah, it's kind of, I think it's to kind of protect the game, isn't it? Because obviously it's, it's such a, well, not such a low level, it's a definitely lower level than the NFL. You know, if you're a defensive coordinator in the AF and you're allowed to rush out and anyone, you might as well just do zero blitz <laughs> full time. Because the, the offensive line isn't going to be able to cope with it and the, the quarterbacks at that level aren't going to be able to pick it up and sort of like read it like you see the quarterbacks in the NFL do it. So I guess it's kind of like stop the quarterback just getting destroyed uh, every play. Hmm. 
Yeah, but say I might keep tabs on it for a little while. I may, I may pick a team. If I had to pick a team, I'd probably take the uh, Commanders. Obviously, San Antonio to Texas, Dallas Cowboys uh, connection there. But yeah, some interesting games. Some some players were playing really high. I mean, Qu- Quinton Patton. Some of his catches were were amazing as well. So uh, he was with um, the Forty Nineers, wasn't he? If I if I remember correctly. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll keep tabs on it. See how it goes. Let's uh, listeners out there. Let's know if you watch it as well. What you thought of it? I'm sure it will divide opinion. Um, but I suppose I think that pretty much wraps us up, Lee. Yeah, um, yeah, on the AF, I'm just, yeah, I'm going to dip into it. I'm going to maybe watch a game because they're all available on YouTube as replays. You don't have to watch them live. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're supposed to link up with Game Pass sooner or later, isn't it? I know it wasn't for the opening weekend, but anyone obviously Game Pass subscription like ourselves will hopefully be able to watch it on NFL Network, um, you know, in the coming weeks, you would say, hopefully. So, yeah, it's all, all, all free accessible. Um, so, yeah, I hope you can get toe in. I'm, I'm definitely going to maybe watch them on the weekend and, and see what it's all about. Um, yeah, and maybe pick a team, maybe maybe sort of get more involved in it if it if it is decent. But uh, for now, yeah, it's draft season, and that's the that's the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. Get right on, on those mock drafts indeed. Um, yeah, that's, that's going to pretty much do it for today's show. Don't forget to head over to uh, our Twitter at Full10Yards where you can see on our pin tweet uh, in association with that, at ClaireDeBear85. Nice little competition going on there. Just head over to that and retweet and uh, you'll be entered and follow, obviously follow both of us as well. Uh, good bit of prizes there and so don't keep your eyes and ears peeled over the next couple of weeks we'll be uh, releasing some of those uh, team season review podcasts where we will roll up all four teams in one division put it all into one podcast get all your views on how you think your teams fared last season and going into next season as well really enjoying doing some of those I did think I did three or four today Gonna have three or four tomorrow, including maybe a special guest as well. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Lots of stuff going to go on on the website as well. A lot of stuff going on in, in the background, ready for our assault on world domination uh, next season. But that's going to do it for the podcast this week on the full ten yards. Thank you all so much for listening. Really appreciate your followers. Um, any, any again, any new listeners? Shout out to you. Welcome aboard. I hope you enjoy it. Don't forget to follow us and share us about. We'd love to. Uh, We'd love to get you involved as well if you want to obviously do your introduction to the show or if you maybe if you just want to shout out, get in touch with us. Our DMs are open. But until next week, Lee, uh, so the next couple of weeks, we're going to do kind of a fantasy review. We're going to do what we've learned in 2018 and what to remember going into 2019 as well. So plenty plenty of stuff to, to be getting on with over the off-season. Yeah, totally. Look forward to. Uh, um, and then, like we say, you know, more articles on the site, podcasts still every week, and then obviously our little rebuild of the site is going to go as well so you have plenty to get excited about throughout the season uh, the off season yeah uh, plenty of stuff to be going with and we're very excited to bring that all to you that's going to do it folks we'll speak to you next week Uh, so in the meantime it's goodbye from Lee yeah goodbye everyone Uh, see you soon see you next week have a good week and it's goodbye from me as well in the great words of Kevin McAdle it's bye bye for now bye bye for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com